0: welcome to i love that a bachelor podcast because the unexamined life isn't worth living no it's not no it's not and i i have a question i have a question right off the top wade hit me when i all of my white t-shirts are turning yellow um which is a thing and my question is how much bleach do i use do you just pour it in with the soap does it still need soap? Is what is there an order to this?
1: I think to my understanding you still do soap like a regular cycle and then after uh the, so what the laundromat tells me, the machines have this point after the first minute or two of wash where it's like add bleach now, question mark. So I Whoa, think really I think you get it started like, you know, with the sloshing around and then you What's add. that sound
0: like? Oh, oh wow.
1: Okay. It's probably not what it sounds like. I'm an idiot. You got an airy washing machine. <laughs> yeah, I don't close the door all the way. I was gonna go way.
0: with the kind of sound, but okay. I, I like where you're going. It's yeah. cool. I don't. I think if we did it together, it might sound just like it. Yeah, that feels. That feels right. Mm-hmm. It feels right.
1: Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was trying to look this up as you were asking it because I knew you were going to ask how much bleach does one use?
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't give you very much time to look I it up. <laughs> I don't
1: use bleach either. Like uh, a, a, yeah, I know. A, a cap full, I mean, like, tw- you, you gotta just have the whites. Like, if it's just
0: whites, then... Huh. Whatever. I should know this. I wonder if it'll fix the, the white t shirts to make them usable again.
1: Um if they're already yellow probably probably not but maybe going forward like get yourself a new set of whites like white shirts or whatever and then as you wash them just start uh separating the whites and doing doing bleach maybe okay moms of the world help us you can yeah, email Claudia, us at please, we'll i love, love that God. bachelor
0: at gmail.com tell me how um, to use bleach on the whites you know what this reminds me of hmm. something that needs a little bit of bleach on on uh, on some whites What's is that? Uh, is everything that's going on with Chris Harrison? Oh yeah. Speaking of the whites, <laughs>
1: <laughs> foot in his mouth, <laughs> big time. No, we might. I mean, we can't. We can't talk Bachelor and not address that uh, Chris Harrison shit the bed uh, on an interview regarding these uh, accusations that uh, Rachel, our frontrunner from this season, has been a little racist in her social media and her going to that antebellum party. You know, a, year, a couple years ago, you, 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 watched the interview, right? The Chris yeah. interview. Yeah. So yeah. what did, like, what, what did you think? Do you think it went well?
0: My, 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 my thoughts on, on the interview was like, I get where he's coming from in the very beginning when he says we shouldn't cancel people um until we hear from them and get to the bottom of things. Um which I agree with. Sure. Um in fact I think I was talking to my mom about this earlier today and I, I think you're allowed to make uh you're allowed to make mistakes and then come back from them. And I'm going to give uh two of my favorite examples of this. Cosby Because I feel OJ. like <laughs> no, no, sorry. um no uh, the first one is <clears throat> Kobe Bryant and I think in like twenty oh eight or maybe it was twenty twelve, some in that time period. Um <clears throat> Kobe uh got so pissed off at the refs that he said the uh F word that sounds like maggot. Ah yeah. Rhymes with maggot. Um and he got fined an exorbitant amount. And uh what he did um that night and the very next day, I think is uh, indicative of the correct way to do things when you have a public gaffe such as this. And uh, Kobe called um, all of the local LA radio shows, you know, um, <clears throat> Sports Center, all of this stuff, and said, "Put me on. Um, I want to come on, and I want to. I want to talk about this." And everyone, obviously, because it's the news, is like, yeah, bitch, come on. Yeah, come, you do it. Yeah, absolutely. So he goes on and he says, what I did was unforgivable. What I did was wrong. I'm sorry. I can't take it back. Um, and I know how this makes people feel and I I don't want that um, for my fans or even people who don't like me that's not how people should feel or, or even think of when they think of Kobe Bean Bryant rest in peace goddamn that helicopter driver um uh <clears throat> and he goes further and says beyond just this apology I'm going to donate millions of dollars um which obviously not everyone can do but Chris Harrison could I'm going to donate millions of dollars to funds and campaigns that support education um, against this sort of uh, against these biases and and hate. And I'm going to uh, take some time to educate myself on how awful of a thing it is and why and a little bit of the history. And this will never happen again. And he went everywhere and did this. And he immediately, right after, he donated a bunch of stuff, stayed true to his word, and, you know, and you don't remember him as the guy who used a gay slur. The other example is, uh um oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he was a quarterback for the Eagles. He, um... Uh, he got in trouble with dog fighting Michael Vick <clears throat> Michael Vick um, You know it, it was doing It was having like illegal dog fights um, With pit bulls and stuff And he went to fucking jail for it For I, probably six months to a year I don't know how long And had to pay a huge fine and all of this Had got cut from the league And when he came out um, Like if you're to flash forward to now He is literally one of the spokespeople For the fucking ASPCA And if you were to ask the ASPCA, how do you feel about Michael Vick? They say, he's great. This is a test case of making mistakes that are unforgivable, but taking them and doing good, a greater good. You know, Um, and uh, and it's like, yeah, see, we can do that. You can't just cancel Kobe Bean. You can't just cancel Michael Vick. The only people you're allowed to cancel are fucking rapists. That and people who engage in uh, stuff with kids. There. canceled forever no matter what yeah, probably yeah, yeah. murder too um but like if there's social gaffes um there's there's room to grow because it, you know you, again you're not raping or killing someone or diddling kids you know mm-hmm. and so what chris did uh he started out right saying we're not going to cancel you know her we want to hear from her and you know kind of get to the bottom of it But then as the interview keeps going, he pretty much starts to, like, talk down to Rachel and be like, you don't know. And it's like, no, 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 no. Rachel does know because she was a lead in this franchise on this network in the public eye who is black. So you can't invalidate her experience and tell her she's wrong because Mm. you're some middle aged white guy who's rich from Texas, you know like you don't really get to say how she feels about things. So he started good, ended poorly, and then just kept digging his fucking hole. You know? And it's yeah. like what are you yeah. what are you doing, dude? Like you you could have been you could have been in the right here. But instead you you was this intentional? Were you not fucking briefed on yeah. how to talk?
1: Yeah, this is like I, I mentioned off air my theory that maybe he was like trying to to take a dive here and get fired or get a vacation from the bachelor or something. Cause I agreed. I was completely on the side. Like the sentiment that we should be graceful or try to show grace in these public crucifixions is really valid because like you said, there are examples of people using them as a learnable and teachable moment and making the world a better place. You know, if, if someone's going to shine the spotlight on something problematic that you did, that's a moment for you to whatever, learn, to do the right thing and here i'm i'm just gonna go ahead and like consult a little excerpt from rachel's apology that like you know sorry to the communities i'm offended ashamed about my lack of education but it's no one's responsibility to educate me i'm learning and will continue to learn how to be anti-racist because it's important to speak up in the moment and not after you're called out that that's just a segment segment from the middle of it
0: whatever her name is yeah the one the one on the season
1: yes the one okay that that they were talking about in the chris harrison interview and like that's a great point is like you know acknowledge acknowledge that you fucked up you you don't say that like is the world overreacting was was it okay three years ago but it's not okay today because of me too like no you can't like it was never okay and now that people are talking about it you can't say that like it like okay like like take your uh your gay slur like i grew up in the 90s like I know that that was like humor, you know, in comedy oh, movies, yeah. and it was like it appeared to be fair game. Doesn't mean it was ever right. And like, Correct. yeah, if you were a part of that, as I was, you should feel bad about it. But that's that's okay. It's not that like, well, it was okay back then. Nope, it was never okay. And now that you know better, just go ahead and admit like that wasn't okay. It's not okay. But I'm gonna be better starting today, going forward. Yeah. That's all. Or in the words do. of
0: our our former our former floatist. Flotus, Uh, we need to be best, you see, and grow. Um, So, like, that's... That's the whole thing. Like, there's this accountability aspect of it all. And the thing that I think really drove me craziest that I didn't bring up when talking about what Chris said was he was telling Rachel... But it was 2018. It was a Bitch, popular shut party. The that, fuck yeah. up, Chris. Racism's been wrong for 400... Fuck, since, like, the beginning of time. I don't know, man. I thought we were all told to love each other. <clears throat> you can't tell me that three years ago it was different. I don't give a fuck. Oh, it's the Me Too era. Okay, yeah, dude, don't mistreat people. Like, what the fuck are you... What? That's your defense? Really? That's crazy to me. It's, it's insanity, because... Three years ago, I'm pretty sure Michael, Mike Brown, what, has been dead for five, seven years? It's been a long fucking time at this point, you know, and that was when it became apparent to the mainstream media that there's something going on. And, you know, I've had people uh, show me works and listen to podcasts that elucidate the fact that most cop crimes are uh against uh white people and not not um uh not black people and even if those statistics are correct it doesn't mean that it invalidates the black experience because essentially <laughs> what happened to George Floyd may have been an outlier if more white people are attacked in this way by the police but it's a catalyst to look inwards as america and consider uh we need to consider the racism in this country and so you know like even if the statistics don't line up with it slavery does so you know they're just it's being used as the moment you know to discuss that and that's my counter to uh people who send me fucking um, Sam Harris podcasts to listen to and I I love the guy but a three hour podcast I just don't need I read it in 40 minutes everything that he said it was absolutely insane (laughs) like (laughs) I like the guy I do but you were way too long winded you know and so like that's that's kind of where I'm at like it wasn't okay in 2018 and I don't know why you would use that as your argument it's just stupid
1: it's not like we haven't been having these conversations in the public eye where people, you know, say stupid shit. Like this this has been pretty regular for I mean, at least in my experience in the mainstream media, for the last like five to ten years. Like we've been not like doxing people, but like putting these conversations out in the open to say like, hey, here's a famous person. Here's some problematic shit. Like, can we have a conversation about this? So it's it's not like there hasn't been groundwork laid for I I I I do not know what Chris Harrison was thinking. Like I get that he's the mouthpiece of ABC, and we all know that ABC is like you know it has its own representation problems, and like I think they're a bunch of racist coward you know corporatist. Just yeah, I mean a lot of reasons to not like ABC. So I'm not going to be unrealistic here.
0: Absolutely, and uh, shout out Claudia for sending Wade the uh, the recent uh, in the last decade Jew who won The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. The bachelorette. I appreciate that. Um, but to take this a step further and closer to me is that on uh, on the Jewish publications that I subscribe to, there were many articles in the pop culture portions talking about what it's like to be a Jew who loves The Bachelor. Because the show's not for Jews, you know? It's not even for blacks or Mexicans or Asians, or anybody who's a Sikh, a Muslim, you know, or agnostic or atheist. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, what a, what ABC's product is is it's a cis, heteronormative, Christian love story. That's what it is. I love it. I I do. I love it, and I love talking about it. But ABC is cowards, and I I think they intentionally have had Rachel on this show for the uh, Black Bachelor and the reason why I say this is do you remember Dean yeah who could forget so who could forget that guy Jesus Christ thank God he grew his hair out am I right about, yeah I'm right growing his hair out was an excellent choice um <laughs> but he said that before he got on paradise in 2019. That ABC producers had emailed him, like, you know, three, six months beforehand and said, hey, you have a post from, like, 2012 on Facebook where you use cuss words. You should probably delete that. So, ABC does their homework. This feels intentional. Hmm.
1: Okay. No, I I see where you're going with it, but what's the the goal here? Like, why would ABC knowingly not... Properly vet contestants or ask them To scrub their do you think that they just Are unaware and don't see the problem Or do you think that they're trying to
0: No I think so any news Is good news right and I think So this has gone so far That even on My fucking daily LA sports Podcast This has been addressed (laughs) Okay This is new this is publicity For ABC and The Bachelor Mm. 100% because it's hot right now and i think that's the duplicitous gross aspect of it all is hey race relations are really in maybe we should get a racist to be with the main black the first black bachelor
1: i like this better than my conspiracy theory like chris be a little (laughs) antagonistic go like alt-right with it like push back and like speak where when you shouldn't
0: and well no and so to to your point and this is the thought when you were texting me this is I, I, honest to God, dude, I think they're hedging their bets on this in that they're trying to appeal to all sides the right and the left. Naturally. And I'm like, this is, it, it's evil level genius mm-hmm. if that's the case. You know? Yeah. No, I, the, I, I, like, I, I agree. Chris. Chris said he's, what, taking time away? He's coming back. And people are people who identify with how Chris feels, even though he pussyfooted around it, you know, and didn't come out like Steve Bannon in those kind of ways, he's still a champion of it. And I think that's going to have more viewers in that realm. Whereas, uh, on the other side, you know, it's like, you know, oh my God, there's people like Rachel Lindsay on here, you know, or or, or whatever. And it it adds intrigue intrigue on the left you know and i'm like is this is this a master play is it
1: that is extremely cynical and i completely agree with you here's a couple reasons <laughs> i just want to jump right into this because like yes because like garrett won rachel's gonna win i i i thought that this season and Tasha seasons were abc's apology tour for not having a- adequate racial representation and yet, like, even, you know, despite, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's like maintaining the status quo in such a brilliant evil genius level. Because, yes, Chris Harrison will come back and it'll be like, well, I apologized and like I, I learned I took this time to learn. So moving on. And it's like this is like corporatist status quo in action at its finest, because like everyone's watching, everyone's talking about it left or right. And yet no meaningful change will come of it correct they'll just put a spotlight on it and say yes it's like yeah let's have a conversation and then when we do and both sides want to kind of dig in on like nothing happens nothing happens
0: nothing at all and it it, it, that's the that's the whole point you know i mean again if you want to go one deeper why is it the point uh, probably so that the left and the right squabble about identity politics, and then ABC and Disney can keep donating to politicians and get their pro corporate, fucking socialist, corp- corporate socialist policies passed.
1: Yeah, the, the most you know. cynical take is like, what we, we'll sell both sides' outrage while pitting them against each other and making working class solidarity impossible, keeping meaningful change from happening. Cause we're we're fucking bitching at each other about whether chris harrison was being too racist in his defense of a girl who's a girl who like also did some problematic racist shit because hey we live in a racist country we're all products of this fucking country so yeah we, like this <laughs> it, this inability to just fucking it even goes to the level of the individual on the show let's jump into the episode with heather like You've entered a situation late, disrespectful to the other girls, you've not introduced yourself, you don't belong here, you're acting entitled and privileged, and then when they tell you, like, hey, you're a bachelor hopper, you were on another season, like, you're way too late to be here, and then she gets sad that people are just saying exactly what's going on, and she doesn't want to feel sad, but it's like, actions, consequences, feel sad, and change, for fuck's sake.
0: Yeah. but but
1: but much like abc and you know she has a corporate brand she is a bachelor hopper she is an influencer so any press is good press this isn't about making a statement or doing the right thing or changing it's just about attention exactly so to bring it all full circle this is just this is what capitalism does folks
0: (laughs) yeah i mean and that's that's the sad reality of it and that's why i spend all of my time reading and playing dungeons and dragons (laughs) So I can just not, you know, also in in, uh, from a strict sense um, of uh, political and economic theory, uh, Dungeons and Dragons is an Ancom perfect society. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Consider it, dude. When you're playing with a party of people, what do you guys do when you get loot? Generally, you split it evenly, and if so- if someone needs the gear more than the other person, you give the wizard the wizard gear. You give mm. the thief the thief gear. All the gold gets split evenly. And also, there's no real ruler. There's just a fucking problem that you need to go fix. And which one of you is most equipped to go fix it? The party of travelers. <laughs> and it's so funny to me, taking things such as that and being like what is that in the same way that um, Star Trek is the ideal communist society it's cashless everyone can do what they need and society still works you -hmm. don't have to pay for things Um, and so that's my uh, that's my personal uh, love for breaking down pop culture that I love <laughs> which is that's what you get here, and I love that bachelor. Yeah, you
1: just—I'm <laughs> sorry, you—you you can't separate American business from the uh, the profit motive, which you know has a lot of symptoms. Yeah, the, the,
0: I wish uh, I wish I could give you something smart. Like it's unsurprising because you know, oh, America, uh, you know, talked about a separation of church and state, but what they really should have said was they should have had a separation of uh, in business and in government. But if we're being completely true, there's no way churches are separate from the state. And churches are business.
1: You can't buy liquor in uh, Texas on Sundays. Is that real? Yeah. Which to no me way. seems like a fucking... Like, that's capitalism versus religion right there. Like, well, you're yeah, gonna you no tell me when I can and can't sell? Uh, you know? It...
0: <laughs> like, I get that in Thailand. Okay, I'm not allowed to buy liquor or cigarettes after fucking midnight? at a store, or between the hours of 2 and 5. I get that. And the reason why I understand that is because in fucking Thailand, it's a fucking monarchy. That's why. Okay. And that's also we live business hours. De- <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> Not when you're a traveler. <laughs> but also, if you're the kind of guy that's going out for hard liquor and cigarettes at 4am, like, maybe it's just a safety thing. Like, hey, why don't, you just, why don't you just sleep and do it in the morning?
0: I agree. Yeah. The only problem was is I showed up in Thailand at two thirty am and we couldn't find our hotel and I had already resigned to sleeping on the street <laughs> over a steam
1: oh. steam vent of some kind
0: it's fucking Thailand bro it was seventy degrees in fucking December oh, yeah. i i I had literally told David I said, dude, if we can't get there, we'll find it in the fucking morning, dude, we'll find like a library, plug our phones in in the morning, whatever like we got a bag, I can just sleep here. We ended up finding our hotel an hour and a half later, but uh, that, that was the reality. I was, I was like, well, let's go get drunk and fall asleep on the street. There's nothing else to do.
1: Get the real cultural experience.
0: <laughs> oh, Very reminiscent of India. Um, but anyway, uh, I will say in defense of Heather... Um, they were ice, dude. ice bro. They were, that was so harsh, man. I was like, oh my God, they're laying into her and I get it. I get it. All's fair in love and war, huh? But fuck. But yeah. also Heather, you could have been nicer about it. What are you doing? Oh, uh, one final thing. Um, about this uh, Chris Harrison shit that I, I really want to get to, that I think is a really interesting, um, a- anecdotally a really interesting note about this. All is I one hundred percent think Rachel's going to win. It's, i, I it, It's confirmed. It feels like it's confirmed at this point. Yeah, I have um, not read
1: spoilers, but the way everyone's talking about either. it and dealing with this, yeah. it's like it's like the Garrett and Becca thing. All of it's the exact yes.
0: same shit. Um, but my point here is, is that, because I was talking to my mom earlier, and she's like, oh, that's probably going to suck for Matt. He's probably going to want to break up with her. And I said, yeah. I would bet money, Mom, that uh, Matt probably, controversial hour, Matt probably identifies more as white than he does black. Because let's, let's break this down. You know, we went through the Republican thing and all of that, but... He literally is 50% white and 50% black. But America, in its historical perspective of itself, the one-drop rule. If you are one-drop black, you're black, no matter what. That's old shit. And because this is America in the modern times, we only see him as black, despite the fact that he's 50% white. So to play devil's advocate here, he should be able to identify as white. You know because he's mixed race you know he should be able to have this choice of identification but because we're america we go dark skin he's got melanin he's definitely black but it's like no 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 no, no he's not he's equal parts both but more importantly he's a fucking person and he should be able to identify whoever the fuck he wants to identify
1: zach you're blowing my mind which i think says a lot about me <laughs> <laughs> so like that did not fucking occur to me because, like, I've right? grown up in white, white America. That that lens of like perspective, you know, ABC's America. But yeah, you're
0: right. It that's, should be it should be reasonable to accept that, but it's not. It's not at all because okay. he's only black. And to give you another uh, thought that I had when I saw the uh, coming up on. Um, if I did see this right, every single one of the, um, women of color that he he takes to hometowns,
1: they appear to be biracial.
0: They're all biracial. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that is. And it, it, it's, it's like, uh, I forget what the term is, but
1: for like light skinned within colored communities being more prized as like a, you know, perverted import of the white beauty standards that. You know, all the all wow. the all yeah. the the women on the show are light skinned, like Ch- Chelsea and like Maggie. You know, we had like darker skinned ones, but the remaining all appear to be very light skinned and apparently biracial as well.
0: Yeah, really uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying
0: about it. Just that the world's racist. <laughs> I mean, the world we see is yeah. You know, one of my favorite rappers, Vince Staples. Um, anytime he's in anything. He uh, only films himself in black and white. And people are like, "Vince, why do you do that?" You know? And he's like, "Because the world is only black and white. I only see it in black and white, and that's how it is for me." Mm. And what an American take. <laughs> because it's true, man. It's sad. Yeah. There's no there's no middle ground. And it's like 300 years old at this point.
1: Yeah piggybacking on uh matt james's right to identify as a white person he does um it struck me terribly this episode that uh you know i've I've posited that he had studied tyler and tried to become him and there were several parts of this episode where i was like that's tyler like if you just you know tantric date yeah like in a in a I don't know. think of it like a black mirror thing. Like Tyler is piloting Matt James's body and it makes total sense because they act the same. Yes.
0: Yes. There's no,
1: there's no substantial vulnerability. It's just, I'm saying the right thing and I appear to be an intent listener and I say, I say good things.
0: (laughs) This exact point I think is perfectly shown, um, after Serena P, um, and Matt's tantric date because Matt, was clearly fucking stoked and Serena P was uncomfortable and <clears throat> he didn't see it because in his mind I think he goes what are you talking about we shared a moment you know we did this thing together it was great you know and th- this is this is what couples who need to open up more uh, physically and sexually they do you see because if we do this tantric thing You've you've got to be interested in my rock hard pecker, right? Because clearly I'm interested in you, you know, and it's this weird duality of like, really, bro? Really? Like
1: a stranger said, put your groins together and breathe on one another. And you didn't think that a woman might be made really uncomfortable
0: by this. But furthermore, you couldn't suss that out. And, like, when I was watching her, I was like, oh, no, you poor thing. Oh, God, I'm so sorry that you have to do this. And. And I, again, and I've said this before on the show, women are the strongest people I've ever met. Um, and for her to go through that and be uncomfortable wasn't a sign of like, look, I'm vulnerable. So, you know, I'm strong. And it's like, <laughs> no you shouldn't have been forced to do that if you felt uncomfortable and it shouldn't have been like an automatic thought for Matt going, look at us. We're so sexually compatible now. And it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're just cause you did that. Doesn't mean shit. That's some frat boy fucking stuff where it's like, look, we experienced fucking trauma and fear together. So now we have a fear trauma bond. You want right? to fuck? <laughs>
1: You know, like, and he, and he had gone on a one-on-one with her before, so he should have, if he was really listening, Knowing that she he lacked
0: did, PDA interest and yeah, stuff like
1: that. At least gotten a sense of her or had enough chemistry such that on the second one-on-one they would have, you know, she would have felt comfortable telling him that, or that he could have picked up on it, like, "Hey, is this? Are you all right? Are you doing okay?"
0: Like, we don't because we, we could to- just go drink mimosas and get in the spa. Like, it's a goddamn yeah. hotel. You didn't have to do it.
1: And that would have been a great, uh, you know, Matt James looking like a gentleman moment to be like, let me fucking rescue you from this embarrassing date that I picked.
0: Yeah, because that's <laughs> what we need. Another savior moment. <laughs> but yeah, no, t- totally. He could have come off better. And, and that was what was so weird to me. And I think that's why he kept her, to be frank, is because ABC was like, oh, dude, you can't cut her for being vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> honest and like communicating you know. in a healthy way. <laughs>
0: That was so, so weird too,
1: though. Like watching Matt backtrack on it. That like,
0: just exactly, just, just
1: spinning it to like, oh, well, that's, that's, him that's being
0: Tyler. That's
1: so good that you were like, you're able to tell me because like, you know, real life and love isn't all easy. So you gotta you gotta have the hard moments too. And I respect you speaking up about it. But then in his talking head, he's like, but her life experience wasn't the same as mine, and that made me feel awkward. Like,
0: yeah, no, it is so weird, and it comes off like. This was supposed to make us feel sexy times together. Yeah, and now he like he feels challenged by the fact that it didn't, and that's why he kept her because he's like, "Oh, you don't want me to dominate you?"
1: Maybe I don't. I'm gonna be way more cynical later as I. Oh,
0: con- great! Continue. I hope so.
1: To thread my uh, <laughs> my grand theory of robot alien Matt James.
0: I'd like to give one uh, quick little thought that I've had is. Everyone's talking about um, following your heart and not listening to your heart. And the fact that ABC isn't grilling this into people to say <laughs> drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah, what are they hiding? Um, Yeah. And, and another thought that I had before we uh, keep going down this, uh, this road is if I had a dollar for every time I've seen Aloe Black do some shit like this, I wouldn't need, need a dollar. Because seriously... Okay. That's honestly Look <laughs> 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 like I know that name. I think
1: I saw him on SNL.
0: It drives me bonkers, dude. Aloe Black is so talented and he is just fucking relegated to this shit. And I go, what is it about you, dude? What did you do? Are you the guy from A Brother or Art, though, who sold his soul to the goddamn devil so he could play the guitar, and there'll never really be anything because of that? Or he's destined for eternal damnation, but in this case, eternal damnation is doing B spots and entertainment?
1: Yeah, it's like, people know you made the deal with the devil, so you have no street cred. No one's booking you for, like, Coachella, (laughs) like, you're gonna be on The Bachelor. (laughs)
0: It drives me bonkers, dude, because that dude is so talented. I'm not gonna lie though, skip fucking through it at fifteen second intervals. I don't need to hear him sing a song and I don't need them to wa- I don't need to watch them be fake in love. Because you know what? Matt deserves Rachel and he should go get Rachel. And to be and, and, and the the greatest win here is Kit, Abigail, and Katie are all still out there for me. Her Those name. are strong, yep. independent self-managed women who know what they want and how to be and they're individuals and we should champion them as individuals and vulnerable and like look at the head on kit man first of all going and saying hey this is my five year plan and I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely frank with you here. I think the moment that Kit had decided to go and uh, that, that she played back in her head and that's what drove her to go uh, end it with Matt after the date. It wasn't her not getting the rose, as I'm supposed to surmise, is it was her reevaluating the fact that Matt said, I don't have a five year plan. Oh, yeah, that's what I that's my reading. And I was like, oh, you don't have a five year plan. Kid is clearly the woman who's got plan B's at the ass. You know who's gonna get Plan A, but she's got Plan B's out the ass. And how are you not gonna fucking have an idea of where you want to be in five years? What do you want, dude? Yeah, and she's she's twenty one, and you're supposed to be
1: this established, you know, charity man. For you know, like you're you're a socialite, also, Matt James, and yet you lack the adult (laughs) foresight to have a conversation about where you might see yourself in five years. And you give you give Tyler's answer. Which would be like, I just go with the flow and see what happens because I'm like hot now and I seem to attract famous people.
0: I'm just going to go wakeboarding and ride my skateboard and help out kids. And it's like, what do you what do you actually love or care about?
1: Yeah. You know, there's this this idea that uh, idle rich people need to pick a purpose. Because they don't have personality, so it's like, what's it going to be? Is it going to be kids, or is it going to be illiteracy? Like, what's your, like, how, what, what Boy Scout badge do you give yourself to tell the world that you're a good person? And forgive me, Stalker Colton also had a charity. They all have exactly. charities, but, like, that doesn't mean you're a good person. It just means you have money, and people working with your money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so I imagine, I know Kit said she felt euphoric after she got everything off of her chest and Matt was into it. But if I was her, I would have been thinking, oh, well, he doesn't have a five-year plan? What is this guy going to be? He doesn't even think about what our life is? What life with whoever even if it's any of the other girls, what life for the next five, ten years is gonna look like with these women? This boy is not ready to be engaged. No. And I don't think he has a
1: plan. Nor do no, I he nor doesn't. do I think he has like a lot of empathy or
0: warmth as a human. He is literally going to end up falling on his feet though. Good for him. I'm happy that He's fine. But also... What about everybody who's lost their goddamn job this last year? I've been home for 11 fucking months. What about everybody... Who's had to struggle and suffer... And their brief moment of respite is The Bachelor. God forbid. And you see someone who has... Uh, to, in my mind... It's a complete dereliction of duty for a fucking man and his future. You could be doing more. And honestly, you, you could just be a better person. At this point, I'm like, this is a shell of a human who's doing and saying things that he feels is right to do because he saw it in a television show or heard it from his frat boy fuck boy friend, who is a complete fucking dreamboat. And so is Matt but that's it I know these people I've met these people it's sad it's just sad
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and I'm glad none of the women who uh, I, and at this point I'm like Jesus the only person who deserves them is Rachel
1: yes I want the women that I like to get out of the show and yeah. mercifully that did happen
0: you see Chelsea's fucking runway walk when she's walking down outside the, ha- the Nemicolon? I missed it. I was like, look at you. That is a strut, man. Yeah.
1: yeah! And I would love to see her and uh, Serena C on Paradise. I think they'd be good for it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Paradise is going to fucking brack the fuck off, dude. I can't wait. It's confirmed, by the way. You know that, right? Yes. Okay, cool.
1: Um, I, I want to backpedal on one thing that struck me as odd, maybe loosely uh, related to Matt not being a person. When Heather did show up and he was talking to somebody, maybe it was just his talking head where he was like... It was Piper. No, he was talking to Go Piper, but I, think, on, sorry. but I think he had a talking head later where he was like, well, I knew Hannah. Hannah dated my friend Tyler. Dated, in quotes, like did TikTok videos for Instagram followers or whatever. So I think she's qualified to say that Heather would be a great match for me. Like, you've known this girl for a couple months, maybe, from some quarantine TikToking with Tyler that was all a marketing opportunity for you. And you're going to tell us, like, y'all are old buds and that she's your fucking matchmaker that knows your soul and could sense that Heather was a good match for you. It just, it was gross. It's like... I hate seeing I opportunists acting on TV and I th- I think that the uh, the Kit breakup was like the same shit where it's like oh we both like know that this isn't good for our brand and we need to like s- go in separate marketing directions but they tried to play the part of like two lovers
0: who just couldn't make it work <laughs> to 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 go, <laughs> to go one deeper on this <clears throat> Let's dissect the fact that Matt said Hannah Beast is one of my best friends so you're telling me this guy who has had an entire life up until this point point, one of his best friends is a former bachelorette who hung out with a guy who she took to fantasy suites you know I buy him and Tyler being best friends they have a history Hannah Brown not one of my best friends and that's purely down to a a time scenario i have like five or six people that are my best friends and i would do anything for these people and it's david jeff wade raymond mike victor if i forgot you you don't even listen to the podcast let's be honest None of those six people do anyway. <laughs> Only Wade, <laughs> and that's because he's here. Oh, I don't listen um, to this. I don't listen to it either. I just edit it. <laughs> but you know, and that—that's—that's. That's, but like, and and to be completely uh, above board here, I've known you what for four or five years. Yeah. I've known Raymond, I've known of Raymond for probably about seven, but I've only known Raymond for really like a couple years. It doesn't take very long to enter these ranks, but, like, you have to earn it. And everything about this Matt James, Hannah B. Tyler thing is it's like, you remember when COVID happened? Yeah, it's over, but we did hang out for like two months. And it's like, no, 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 It's not over. You're the fucking bachelorette, or the bachelor, and you get to live in this other world that I don't get to live in. It's fake. You're fake. (laughs) You phony fucking piece of shit, dude.
1: Yeah, I would never uh, be like, oh, yeah, like, my my roommate for the last five years, he dated this girl for a few months, and she said that this other girl would be a perfect match for, like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you saying she's no
0: fucking yenta that doesn't make sense
1: that's not how real people make decisions
0: fucking yentas cost a lot of money and and it's my inclination that yentas have some sort of divine ability to suss out who i saw at mount sinai thousands of years ago my pure soul Anna Brown did not see Matt James's pure soul, and did not go. Heather Martin, Matt James. These are pure souls that deserve to be together. In biblical times, they saw each other at the top of <laughs> Mount Sinai. No way, dude. No fucking way. No, no, leave it. Le- no, leave it. That's how I talk to my dogs. Yeah, I think Matt
1: James either materialized out of thin air a few years ago. And then started rooming with Tyler with this fake backstory. Like, Tommy Wiseau. Like, it's just... Who knows? He says he played football and he runs a charity. But he's got money. And I think that, like, Tyler's his only friend. And then, by extension, Hannah is one of his best friends. Because... Yeah. What are, what are friends to Matt James? I don't know. On Maybe the top, he's really um, lonely and weird and I'm being a complete asshole. But
0: Eh. Cares. On the topic of Tommy Wiseau, if you... Uh, contact his publicist or manager and uh, send a copy of the room to him, he will sign it. The guy is like clockwork. Allegedly. I wouldn't... I haven't done it yet. Yet. Yeah, I will do it. And I kind of want to send him the Disaster Artist and see if he'll sign it then, too.
1: (laughs) You're in this, right? Oh, he is,
0: actually. (laughs) Oh, hi, Mark! Um...
1: Moving on.: I got a weird thought, and I'm pretty sure uh, my wife brought this to my attention, and she might have picked
0: it up off of Arden Marine's uh, Oh my God, if you if you, if you say the, the thing that I wrote down, I'm going to die.
1: They're Go reading, ahead. they're reading off the roses. is that? Continue. Okay. I can't unsee it now that this was brought to my attention, that there is a good possibility. That the roses in the rose ceremonies have the names of the women written on them. And now think about this: what? Epi- episode one, there's like thirty women. There's no way, without an earpiece, that a bachelor could literally be expected to remember all of those names. And yet they call the names of all these strangers in the early. I just assume of the there season. was
0: time in between. This is crazy. So,
1: so it could go one one of two ways. Maybe the directors are just like, when you pick up each rose, like, look at it thoughtfully and introspectively and then take a breath you know and and like for a dramatic effect like I get that but also every time Matt James picks up a rose he's instantly looking at it like and twisting it like not looking at it like uh, whatever maybe he's a bad actor and doesn't get like nuance and human no way but they look at the rose and they start spinning it and I'm like are the names written like very faintly on the petals or on the stem itself is there some kind of clue that tells huh. that tells the the bachelor or bachelorette the name of the you know and they pro- of course they would like decide beforehand and be like okay here's the eight I'm keeping so write their names on the roses so I don't forget. I just always I imagine bachelors in like back rooms with their handlers looking through photo albums and dossiers of each of the contestants like to to measure these decisions for one on ones and group dates and everything. But just watch him watch. Every rose he picks up, he just instantly starts, like, looking
0: at it and twisting it. That's really interesting. This makes me want to go back to other seasons I haven't watched. (laughs) And I think it would apply. Like, let me know. I I don't know if that is
1: accurate, but it it was pointed out to me. And in this episode, during the rose ceremony, it was, like, distracting how he just looks and spins the rows like he's reading someone's name off of it uh huh it could it could make sense right and you just stack it it could make sense the most suspenseful picks are like on the bottom row so you just like go down yeah
0: i always assumed it was just edited otherwise but um you want my my biggest um The thing that I think pissed me off the most um, about Matt this episode, or at least something that I noticed that really bugged the shit out of me, um, was when Abigail went to Matt during the group date. And...
1: I wanted wanted to get to this. I was like, we gotta talk about Abigail.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'd like to talk about her more, but my thing is, is You know, she basically was like, (laughs) let's, you know, are you into me, essentially? You know, like, is this going to go anywhere? And good for her for asking. And that shows growth and uh, being an adult. And and I appreciate that. But the thing that pissed me the fuck off was Matt saying, the last thing I want to do is lead you on and lie to you. And the subtext is, but I would have until the rose ceremony had you not asked me. So, don't champion your, you know, don't champion this moment. If you weren't going to do it, you fake fucking sack of garbage. I'm glad you caught this. because hes It pissed me off. I was like, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't want to do it and I wouldn't do it. But I would have had you not told me. Like, what the fuck? The second he said,
1: I wish I had more time, my wife and I were like, bitch, you had weeks. You gave her the Yikes. first rose. You took Serena P on a second one-on-one date. You don't wish you had more time. You kept her there for optics. Because she's a gorgeous, differently-abled girl, and you wanted to pretend like you're fucking everyone's friend. And you're not going to pick the white racist chick at the end of this. Not to... <laughs> I have, uh, it's, I just have such a cynical taste. Like, yeah. Why didn't I'm he take her out of this one-on-one? cynical take? Why? She was so sweet and nice and outgoing, and you you had time. You 100% could have and should have given her the I time. I felt
0: so comfortable in this that I didn't have to worry about it, but now, now I fucked up, so I'm sorry. Like, okay, she so didn't love her or like her enough to do it. Be real, dude, you're lying to me. And you're lying to her. And now you're how getting how the dogs you? upset. And now you're getting. Ugh, Vamp Wade, vamp!
1: I perfect timing. Are you familiar with the show Zach Morris is trash? Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's about the show Saved by the Bell, and it gives you little breakdowns of what Zach Morris is doing in various episodes, and proves beyond a doubt that he is a trash person. And uh, relating to the the Abigail example of like, oh, Matt just kept her around because she was different, and he wanted to look good like someone who can hang with different. Okay, Zach Morris. On the show, Saved by the Bell, he dated a blind girl. He dated a deaf girl. Well, maybe. He dated a big girl. He dated a girl in a wheelchair. He dated a homeless girl. And in every example, he's a piece of shit who doesn't actually like them and is clearly just being considerate for optics and ultimately ends up humiliating all of them by kind of overreacting to the ways that they are different from the normal kind of girls he dates. So fuck matt james are you james. fucking kidding me oh no 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 you get, check it out matt zach morris is trash there's but but on the show holy yeah holy shit there's, a, there's at least three or four episodes where he dates a different a different girl like a different kind of girl and just humiliates them in public by making a big deal out of how they're different and kind of strings them along for the optics of like no i'm a good person i'm i'm dating a different person what the fuck and then you never see them again on the show that series is really funny by the way <laughs> but, uh, Zach Morris is trash. Check it out. But that, that was my whole view on this thing with Matt. Because you had, you had time. You absolutely had time. And this kind of false, like, Ugh, I regret. I didn't. You cho- you made a choice. You chose not to make time. And the only way I can make sense of you keeping around this sweet girl for so long, while not offering her anything sincere, despite how hard she worked to get your attention, like, you're trash. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It I if he was interested in her, he would have taken her on a date. In fact, we would have seen anything more than her in the death throes of love and infatuation and talking heads. We would have seen Matt was really sweet to me tonight, you know. It was really nice that he said these things and made me feel wanted i never once saw that i only saw abigail going i really wish i could be with matt because he gives me butterflies but yeah i'm just waiting for my time
1: yeah like when she told him about the deaf kids thing it was like i got to share that vulnerability with matt and he you know like tyler said something correct and comforting and not problematic
0: If I'm being completely honest, if I ended up having a deaf kid, if I was dating Abigail and she had this concern and said that to me, my first thought is, oh, my God, yes. I've been trying to figure out how best to get you without being um, uh, degrading in any way, how best to get you to teach me how to do sign language. I would love to learn sign language and hopefully you can teach me before we have kids so I can speak to them. Or teach them how to do sign language. You know, Mm. seriously, that was my thought. I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to learn sign language. But also, I love you, so whatever it takes, I'll take the risk.
1: And remember the ear thing? Like, she set him up for such a cute love story.
0: So Nick Vial, by the way, (laughs) on Instagram has been going out of his way to make TikToks uh, or uh, Instagram videos of um, her doing it and Matt not recognizing it. I haven't seen it, but if you go back, she's done it a lot and Matt has done nothing. Could be the editing, but I doubt it. And you're right. How sweet could that have been? I'm so hurt. Mostly for Abigail. Because you you don't Zach Morris a girl like her. That's not cool, man. Katie and Kit, they'll be fine. And that's not to say that Abigail won't be fine. It just pisses me off because she was the sweetest one of them all. Mm-hmm. Didn't you even know? get a chance. No. And and that, that's just it. Like, this isn't you know, these other all these girls are going to land on their feet. They are. But you deliberately hurt the one girl who was honest to God outwardly the sweetest and had the most visible problem, you know. I get Maggie was an immigrant and everyone says she's the sweetest, but it's a different thing when you literally have implants to hear and you know that you don't sound like everybody else. And you know that anyone that has kids with you runs the risk of having a deaf kid. All of that is so tragic and tough and sad. And the thing that I think resonated the most with me specifically was when she said in the car, in the van on the way home or whatever, I feel like I'm always the woman right before the man decides what they want, but they never want it with me. And <laughs> that hurts me deeply. It does. But also, like, nine out of the my ten last ex-girlfriends have either gotten married, had kids, or both.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was happening to me for a while,
0: too. It's fucking so stupid, dude. But I was like, this is the diamond in the rough. You know. <sighs>
1: yeah, when when she was saying that specifically about Matt James, I was like, yeah, you're the you're the kind of woman that shows a man that he's actually not as good as he wants to think he is. Cuz if he was, he would give you a chance. But it's <laughs> it's yeah. challenging and inconvenient and like a pretty young dumb thing would be just so much easier and better for my image right now.
0: Plus, I identify as a racist, even though <laughs> I'm, America I, sees me I, as black.
1: I identify as a <laughs> Klansman, you see. It's in his backstory. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so what next? Je- Je- Jesenia, she's on the chopping block. These people who get their first one-on-ones this late in the game, it's like a, a coin toss whether or not they're going to be going home.
0: You're either a Lauren or a... Jesenia. <laughs>
1: Couple, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, Lauren. Was a, it's a late winner. Couple observations here. Tony Angelo, his job description is professional drifter. I think that's one of the coolest job descriptions you can have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you're a hobo? No, 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 no no, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cars.
1: (laughs) You don't have to tell them that. Just you know, you you lie by omission. Like, well, you've seen Tokyo Adrift, drift, the Fast and the Furious movie, right? Like, oh, professional drifter, and then you just nod. You're not actually
0: lying. The only thing worse than Tokyo Drift? Fast and the Furious 3. One set the stage. I, you can't knock it. Tokyo Drift was good. Number 3? Eh. I don't even remember 3. I, I 3 saw- was the one with... That was when Luda showed up, and that's when uh, Baby Boy was there. And it was like the Miami one, and they had the really dumb like heist, uh, uh, not heist, but like uh, chase scene. But it was in like these Miami favelas or Cuba, Cuban favelas, wherever it was. Yeah. It could have been better. That's all I'm saying. No, I know, I, I know my Blu-ray, and I, I watched them. I like the first
1: one, and like the like five or six when the Rock shows up and things get cartoonish.
0: Literally, yeah, literally. I think it's like five or six, and from then on. It's the most obscene, garish, just gregarious fucking like car show I've ever seen, and I love it. I love it so much. It's so stupid. If you want a good fucking car-stealing movie, it's called The Italian Job. Original or remake, it doesn't matter. Watch one of those.
1: But I'd rather watch jacked 50-year-old bald men have gladiator fights with each other after crashing their
0: cars... Me too. I watched Hobbs and Shaw completely fucking housed on an airplane, and I loved it.
1: Couldn't get They're past. Superheroes. Couldn't get twenty minutes into it.
0: <laughs> There's superheroes in real life. I mean, I, I go to the duty free and buy a bottle of Black Label and just drink it yeah. when I'm on an airplane. So yeah, that would have helped. <laughs> Oh.
1: <laughs> I was like, what are we? T-? Okay, yeah, Fast and the Furious, drifting, professional drifter. Uh, yes. I loved uh, Matt's deadpan delivery of, I, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and I love to push the
0: limit. I wrote that down, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Matt, sure
0: cuz if you were you'd take Desenia after that she fucking worked him in drifting if i'm comparing both fucking uh jobs yeah she kicked ass he just like
1: crashed he fishtailed a few things but mostly just drove right into them
0: yeah not idiot. Drifting. um <clears throat> so i i have uh... I wrote down Matt is of course an adrenaline junkie and likes to push the limit (laughs) and boy does he suck at drifting Um, I have a few important things I'd like to ask you please Um, one of them is uh, more credence to the argument that he picks Rachel and that he knew or knows that she has a racist tendency is why did he go out of his way to grill her about, is your mom going to grill me? He was like, so if I meet your mom, is she really going to like grill me? And they tiptoed around it, and it was like, oh, my mom has never seen me in love, and then we saw the this coming on, and it's like, Rachel's never really been in love, so I don't know what that looks like, but mm-hmm. realistically, I think we know what the issue is. Um... The other thing, and I think this is vitally... Wait, wait, what's what's the issue? What's the... Oh, the issue Spell is... Spell it out for me.
1: <laughs> and the listener.
0: The issue is that he knows about her past. And who she is, really. And where she comes from. Um, and some sort of conversation that has been edited out. And I think he is saying in coded words, is it going to be okay if you bring home a black man? Because in the other ones asking about the hometowns, it was like, what's that going to be like? How is this going to be like this? Or, you know, is your family cool? But with Rachel, and she was the first one, and if you remember, he sends Abigail home and he walks in and he goes, things are getting tough and they're getting serious. Hey, Rachel, can I talk to you? And they sit down, and he goes, so what's it going to be like with your mom? Is she going to grill me? And it my, my thought here could be completely colored by what I know about Rachel and her background. Or uh, it could be right.
1: <laughs> Good catch. Did we get anything from Rachel to imply that
0: No, her family
1: would grill him like, you know, sometimes on dates it's like, oh, I got a big brother. He's real protective. And like, yeah, then is your big brother going to grill me? That makes sense. But I didn't get anything outside of the subtext that you're uh, unwrapping for me. It's the subtext
0: that I'm like, "Ah, fuck, dude, I bet he knows. And I bet that's why they're making a big fucking deal about this. I wonder. And I bet that's why they were like. Hey, Chris, I know you don't have to fucking say anything about it, but get out there and say something about it.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, Matt's going to pick her. He's cool with it. All of it.
0: L- literally. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing, if I may, and this is something I've been thinking about for the past couple episodes, and I really want to get your take on it. On the one-on-ones and on the group dates, there's the... The thing that holds the rose, mm-hmm. right? What's that actually for? You know, you know, some prop person was like, "Oh my god, this is perfect for a long stem rose." What do you think that that object's real purpose is in life? Like a fancy hors d'oeuvres presenter, maybe? That's what I was thinking, like, I could yeah, see, like, I could see, like, a nasty cheese and, plate and or, yeah, cheese yeah, plate? yeah, okay, and crackers, and, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And I was like, I wonder who has got anything other than that because it it seems too perfect for it and I was like, oh well, I mean all they had to do is cut a cut a rose to fit on it. Yeah. But um, it's like it's not a plate
1: and it's a little curvy. So I, yeah. Yeah. That's a, this is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> this Just, is what it's happens. it's not like I own one of those fucking things. So I'm like, what are those, what are those for? The rose holder? Yeah, um, I, one rose holder, please. What? You know, yeah, like you a, know. Look, don't look at me like I'm crazy, asshole. You know what a rose holder <laughs> is. I brought several pictures.
0: <laughs> this is you, um, selfieing the the rose platter as you watch The Bachelor. <laughs> selfieing myself in front of the TV, pointing. Yeah, at the exactly. Rose platter.
1: <laughs> that shit Yeah, we gotta we gotta do that photo shoot for the podcast. Yeah. Um, um, I, I have a question for you, oh, please. And the audience, Claudia. <laughs> d- does anyone think that Matt is actually like falling in love on here? Do, does anyone think he's like excited and exuding human warmth for like a real connection with one of these women as a future wife?
0: I have a feeling we uh, will feel that when we see him cry about what to do after Fantasy Suites. And they're going to shoehorn it for us because you know what? He probably has never really had to make a hard decision in his life. And it probably ends up working perfectly. And... (laughs) They all land on their feet, Zach. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude, it's going to be fine. Like... We began this with Such high hopes Him crying at the end I'm in for that dude I love watching men cry about shit But it's probably going to feel disgenuine So Thank you for
1: reminding me that that happens And what's your theory You think that's after Fantasy Suites
0: What, what What do you think it's about If you had to predict I bet it's after Fantasy Suites Who's he gonna be though? He kept Brie, right? Yep. Um, which, by the way, I thought for sure he's gonna let her go after she said she quit her job for. Her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> be in such my heart a... of hearts, I was like, "Oh no, you're going home." Yeah, um, I thought, I
1: thought that made it easier for him it's like, he's uh, gonna pick Rachel, but he's like, "Oh well, shit." Then I gotta make
0: Brie one of my top four. Like, she, she I mean, she quit her job. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's probably between Rachel and um, Michelle, and then Bree. Who's the fourth? Serena P. Which
1: I did Serena not. I did P. not see that coming.
0: Neither did I. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just gonna cry about sending one of them home or having to make the decision. Honestly, you know, and it's like. It looks good in editing but it's probably essentially going to be like yeah but I just wish Serena P had been more open with me and it's like yeah but she was open enough to tell you that I'm not a very open person <laughs> yeah. so figure it the fuck out um that woman's a catch and they're all catches if I'm being honest with you mm-hmm. but I couldn't be with uh, someone who goes to antebellum parties because that person probably also thinks Jews have space lasers. Yeah, it's not. And Isn't it you
1: know, nuts that you can make that wild of an assumption? And
0: You're probably right. You're I feel like I'm right. Someone willing you know,
1: to celebrate the heyday of slavery, Southern culture. Would be a just a hop skip over to Jewish space lasers.
0: These you want? Days. Uh, you want? Yeah. Um. You want to know my? Uh, the number one question for people who uh, claim to be uh, pro-Israel, right? Um, but I know are anti-Semites, and the the number one question that I've learned to ask these people uh, is. How many Jews do you think there are in the world? It's subtle. It's non-threatening question, but it's very telling. And telling because
1: they'll say, too many. And then you'll know where they stand on it.
0: No, because generally this question is answered with, well, like, there's probably, you know, like, tens of millions of them. There's got to be a lot. And the reality is, is there's probably eight to 11 in Israel and two to four in the United States and maybe a couple more million in in the rest of the diaspora, which the equivalent is 0.02 percent of the world's population. But when this question is asked and answered, you get something that equates to at least 10 percent. You know, because it's one of the oldest religions, there's gotta be plenty of people. Oh shit, sure. like it, like a third it, for each of the major religions, the end. Yeah, it. you know. And if you're to subtract some for the atheist agnostics or the Buddhists of the world, you know, so you kinda right. break it down. But like it's one of these things where it's like, Oh yeah, so you don't know. You just think that we all run the world or whatever the fuck it is. That was my first thought. I'm
1: like, if that's if it's point two percent, like how are they they're running all the banks, they got lasers in space? Like how did they do it?
0: 0. 0.02. And <laughs> even I've more impressive. Got, I've never for the got the call. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. And so that's You're not um, a card carrying member <laughs> of the globalist uh yeah. Um yeah, whatever, dude. It's all, it's all fine, but how did we get to that point? Oh, yeah, Rachel probably hates the Jews. I'm sure of it. I'm an impure race of people.
1: You know what, though? That, that <clears throat> public apology, it sounded correct. I no, think, I think we're all ready to I'm just okay. move on and get back to the way things were.
0: Perfect. I'm okay with her apology, but... And this is my... This, personally, is my final take of this episode. I'm okay with her apology. Because when Matt says, um, don't worry, Heather, it's going to be okay. Because inevitably, when I break up with whoever I choose, you're Hannah B's good friend and we'll be able to go on a real date. I, I'll, I'll bet you $5 right now. He ends up, he and Rachel break up, and he goes on a date with Heather.
1: I do suspect Heather looks like the uh, Fox News OAN correspondence that he masturbates to. So, wow. She's got a real leg up there.
0: That's a meta take. I like it.
1: Thank you. Nice. You know what my final thought on this episode was? Peter was an idiot, but he was clearly very horny. For a lot of those girls on his season. And, and he... sure he, too. He expressed love through uh, emotional turmoil and vulnerability. A, a kind of weaponized emotional terrorism. Like his mom taught him, as we all saw. Completely tanked his season. Rewarded bad behavior. It was a, it was a shit show. But I believed in Peter's capacity for love. Even if <laughs> it was weird and unhealthy. And I this do, is where we're at, <laughs> and I do not believe matt james if 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 it is if he is on the level, it's a level that I don't relate to or understand or see. I think he is Tyler wearing matt james's skin he's an alien he's a robot he's he's just uh, playing a role, he's trying to raise his profile
0: my whole thing, man, is like. Truthfully, I have a hard time showing affection. But when I do find someone to show affection to, it's glaring. And I don't find Matt to be a cold, calculated person like me. You know, I I resonate more with the Serena Peas who are like, I don't want to fucking do this shit. Dude, you either like me or you don't. You know, we uh, I don't do this PDA bullshit, but once I get to a certain point, we can get there. Matt's playing a role, and at least Peter was honest about himself to himself. Sure, and and we and did, I, we
1: hated him for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we did, and you know what? We're wrong for that. I admit of my mistake, but in in comparison. It's like, it's like watching George W. Bush declare war on Iraq. I said, looking for weapons of mass destruction, yeah. and you think this is the worst a Republican can do. This is the worst the right does is declare a fake proxy war to get oil, and then <laughs> eight years later, Donald Trump is <laughs> president, and you go, my God. I didn't realize it could go this way. And if I alienate you guys, I'm a fucking Jew, and anything under the racist scheme and amalgamation of the right that is subscribing to Donald Trump, you don't like me. You may not know that you don't like me, but you don't like me, and I'm not going out like that, and I will protect my own. So... You're just like, "Ah, oh, fuck. I guess I would have taken another Peter, but I got sold a bag of rocks. Oh no. <laughs> I got a rock. You know, like yeah. It's one step worse than a piece of charcoal. I would have rather have had charcoal. Give me Tasha again.
1: Yeah, god, how did we How did we go so wrong? Am I Am I biased act? Did I just like Tasha a lot and I naturally hate this show actually despite you tricking me into watching it and recording this podcast
0: I did trick you um, wish I could be there I'll fly on the wall if we could go back in time be like what that cell was like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was well he's gonna talk about it anyway I might as well know what he's talking about <laughs> so I don't have to yeah. just sit here staring into the abyss For an hour till he's done talking about it.
0: You know, I probably at some point realized you were, like, primed for reality TV. Because, you see, at the same time, Seth worked there. And Seth was not having it. Because Seth was anti-reality TV to some extent. As was I. You, however... No, I... Really? Had you never seen any reality TV before then? No, Bachelor was first, and then it was Love Island. Oh my and 90 god, are you like, fucking is, kidding me?
1: Yeah, this was my game. Dude, drive. you watch
0: more reality TV than me!
1: Yeah, I have a problem. I have an addictive oh personality. Oh my
0: god! Really? No way. Yes. It's well, then your you're fault. welcome. It's your fault. You're welcome. Yeah, it's thanks. fine. That's what I meant. Wow. I don't know why I had that thought. You know, it's probably because you've watched more Love Island and 90 Day Fiance that I was like, he probably liked reality TV beforehand, and I sussed it out. But <laughs> no, wait. I, but I don't know what the hell I did. I came I just unleashed a this demon. Is my fault.
1: No, and, and honestly, like, I know you're being sarcastic, but thank you, because over the past year, had I continued to boycott reality TV, my only option at this point would have probably been depressing prestige dramas. And sometimes it's just fun to watch stupid people be stupid and feel
0: good about yourself. A very serious question for you wait. Have you given a procedural drama a chance during this, these last 11 months? I don't think I have.
1: I might have. So, <laughs> I started like I watched like Snowpiercer and that's a little different. It's a little procedural. When I think though.
0: procedurals, I think CIS, NCIS, oh, fuck Law no. and Order.
1: fuck no. I don't do network shit. Like, it's got to be, like, you know, Br- so Br- I Bridgerton did. or an HBO show or some shit.
0: That's different. No, no, no. Those aren't the, those aren't the same types of things. Okay.
1: Then I, I then did. I see the line you're drawing. And what, what, what are your procedurals?
0: CIS, NCIS, Law and Order. You know, I mean, there were shows, like... Forensic Files, I think, is even different, despite being the same thing episode after episode. The woman kills the man for the insurance money. It's always the insurance money. I don't understand, like, why don't these people don't see it? But, so I gave the Method Man Law & Order a chance. I gave the Ice-T Law & Order a chance. I gave, who I lovingly called Dad, because he was Captain Jonathan Archer, Scott Bakula, a chance on NCIS New Orleans. The man's a ham. He's just a ham, and I love anything that that guy does because he he does, can't act to save his life. Does he do an accent? It's like, yeah, it's it's the thing about his accent and that shit, dude. Is it's inconsistent, and it makes me love him even more. I'm like, you're the hammiest fucking honey baked shit I've ever fucking seen <laughs> in my life. It's crazy. Uh. I just can't watch that shit, man. And, and procedurals are just not the same. You know, to be frank, Star Trek is essentially a procedural depending on your definition. Um, and I'm okay with that kind. But the crime law procedural, it just gets old. and it, And it's... It's not unfounded to think... Jesus, if I want to watch the same thing happen to the same person, I might as well watch reality TV. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. You ever watch Jersey Shore? No. That's that 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 right there, Wade, is the 5 to 6 years difference between you and I. That's that's how I'll know I've hit rock bottom. You need to watch it. It's the best. I don't know that I do. You don't know what you're missing, dude. You're just afraid that you're gonna love it. Yep. I know it. I probably would. You know what? I, get, I need to like wait a few more years,
1: and then it'll be retro or ironic or something.
0: Mid- it's already, like, 15 years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus. It, it, there is nothing like Jersey Shore. It is so fucking funny. I've never seen anything in my life like that. However, I was also like 15 when it fucking came out and Jersey Thursdays were a thing. <laughs> so, I get it. I do. But, you know, whatever. Um Do I have anything else? There's a lot of really good Paradise contestants.
1: Yeah, that's the win
0: this season, I think. As it, you know, is most seasons. Who do you think the Bachelorette's going to be? People Shit. are saying Katie or Abigail, but I think they're going to do something fucking stupid.
1: I don't think they have the balls to do Katie or Abigail because they're too much their own person. I, uh, I think, you know, like a Peter or a Becca or like, you know, people who are, I, I are malleable for, who can toe the line. I think line. it's time for Tia. She has been laying low. I could see that. I think
0: yeah. it's time for Tia.
1: Good call. That's a couple years ago, though. Like, does anyone still care about Tia?
0: They trotted out fucking forty-year-old Claire, who was like eight seasons ago. Excellent point.
1: Yeah, I, and I liked Tia. I remember
0: liking her, so I can get behind this. I would be interested in that. And to be frank, had Hannah B not announced her uh, relationship with some fuck-off guy who's not me, I would have. I would have watched another season of Hannah Brown. <laughs> at this point yeah. <laughs> with peter in the lineup
1: you know and tia would be a good uh a good avenue for for pandering to all sides i think so as well like yeah we did a couple of black people like now we're gonna do that southern chick who uh to now has not been problematic I like tea just yeah. fine. <laughs> I would watch that.
0: Yeah, look, you remove the Colton abscess. <laughs> tea is fine. <laughs> so Rachel's gonna win.
1: Rachel's winning. Looks like we're both agreed on that. So there's yeah, it's gonna be little to discuss other than the nuance oh. of how much Matt <clears> sucks. And
0: I will take a glass bottle, and I will smash it, and then take a piece of the glass bottle and carve an R. Into my arm, if she doesn't win.
1: All right, you heard it here first, and we'll live stream this.
0: Fine for Yeah, I mean, if someone else cuts it, uh, it doesn't bother me. This is you're ex- This is exciting. You've just is, you've thrown down a gauntlet again?
1: man. You're you're playing with yeah, fire that's now. That's fine.
0: That's it's, okay. It's published. We got to do it. I could use more markings on my body. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm eight days away from getting uh, my right leg tattooed, and I cannot wait. I should have gotten it tattooed in mid-December. You are doing this. Have you seen my left leg tattoo? I don't know. Have you been getting oh work God. done over the last year? <laughs> okay. How funny is that? I never see you. Zach's
1: showing me some skin. Ooh, full full side calf. Can yeah. You, can you tell me what I'm looking at here? I'm getting, like, waves, it's, it's maybe an, octopus. It's an octopus image. Okay. On,
0: crushing a shit
1: oh so we got like a kraken thing
0: yeah 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 it goes up to here yeah nice that's so funny that you haven't seen that Um, so uh, there are many thoughts here and this is is how we're going to end the episode Um, one I'm going to start with the conspiracy theory cephalopods are actually an alien creature And they were delivered here at some point I don't know if that's true But what I do know Is that cephalopods If humans hadn't arisen to power Or God forbid We turn this planet into one giant ocean They're going to take over the earth Octopi Those Weird little mollusk things You know all of these cephalopods They're so smart They're so so smart and Godzilla lives in Atlantis, and so who knows you know who knows what they're planning down there so that's my uh that's my above board take my below board take is and um I'm not going to be able to recite this properly or effectively probably um is that there are many uh conservative economic uh publications that talk about the eight arms of socialism that will destroy capitalism as we know it they're like and they're saying this like it's a bad thing correct and uh so the ship is the ss capitalism and that is the eight armed octopus just crushing that ship um to, and also, interestingly, and this is going to time date and time stamp this, I was the tattoo artist first and last tattoo before they opened up and shut down the tattoo wow. shops again. <laughs> so I haven't gotten it colored in, but there you go. I also got a tattoo right here on my right thigh.
1: <laughs> Shall we save that for next time?
0: Nope. Alright. I wonder if we can pull this... my pants up far enough. I can't. We're saving it for next
1: time. All right, I was going to save you that moment. But that's a really cool, symbolic, and inspiring tattoo. And that is the dream for the Eight <laughs> Arms of Socialism to finally crush capitalism so we can stop being an exploited and divided class of human beings living under the yoke of profit motives and sociopathy.
0: And if you made it this far, wow. Nice. Shocking. <laughs> Thanks really for listening. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Send us an email on your thoughts about my tattoo. I'll send you the photo of it at I Love That Bachelor, gmail.com. I'm Zach. I'm Wade. And this has been I Love That Bachelor. Talk to you next week. I was, I'm blindsided.